Self-Discovery Radio. The discovery of self is but a show away. With over 1,800 shows and growing, we bring you those liberating stories that help you on your own life's journey from every single topic you can think of. The only common denominator is authenticity and being in your meaningful purpose. Come and read our new e-book, plus see our discovery store and what wonderful tools we have for you. Do enjoy our shows and don't forget to share. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today is Elizabeth Patricia Connor. We're going to be doing a series with uh, Patricia, as she's known, um, on depression, on discovery of self, on um, telling your story and fulfilling a dream, all of those things that every single one of us goes through in our story of life, in our beautiful journey of life. And yes, sometimes it can be a roller coaster, um, sometimes cosmic two by four. Things happen to us, but each time it's there to strengthen us, to show us our courage, to show us another way to live in our meaningful purpose. So today we're going to start off with Patricia's journey through depression and how that led her to what she's doing today in that more meaningful purpose, um, a better state of mind and how she copes with depression because it's not something that goes away um, suffering from it myself you know you have good days and bad days and anybody telling you to snap out of it might get a snap of their own <laughs> coming back at them um, it is a process uh, and it's something we have to go through and I think recognizing how to deal with your depression at the same time being abundant and fruitful in your life is the key so let's find out how Patricia has done this um, and where it's led to this heart mind uh, wisdom um, collection and also kind of a uh, company that she has called the heart mind effect so without any further ado you don't want to hear me talk anymore let's bring patricia on hi patricia hi sarah great to be here great to have you here and of course you know we, we decided to do a three-part series with you because um there is most definitely content for each one of those uh, areas and we wanted to do it justice but you know let's start off with the big d word depression yeah. um, and it seems to me today there are more and more people depressed than they ever have been and you know what comes into question is it our environment is it you know a societal um, uh, stress that we're under is it uh, a wiring in the body is it chemistry is it everything because once it's there and latched onto it you may find tools to get help you through it but it pretty well digs in doesn't it it certainly does, and, and I think that um, it's a little bit of everything that you mentioned. And um, what I believe is that each person is different. And even though many of us are under, um, you know, depression, the diagnosis of depression, it comes in different ways, and, and um, people deal with it in different ways. Um, for me, I really equated um, depression with disconnection. And what I mean by that is that um, when I first came, uh, when I first experienced uh, depression was um, in my early 20s, and I had recently moved to Canada. And um, I wasn't born in Canada, although I had been uh, considered Canadian all my life since my dad um, was Canadian. My mom is from Costa Rica. And uh, he worked for the airlines, so we moved all over the world. And um, throughout my life, I always 
thought that um, I was Canadian, although I had never lived here. And finally, at the age of 18, my father um, was transferred back to Canada, and, um, and I came here for the first time. And I, what I realized was that um, the identity that I had had, which was being Canadian, uh, didn't really count. Um, I, wa- I wasn't Canadian. I had to learn to live here. Right. If you know what I mean. Yes. Um, yeah, so it was a total feeling of disconnection. All of a sudden, it was I didn't know who I was really. Um, you know, I wasn't Canadian. I wasn't. So I, I used to call myself international. <laughs> but I was an international person. I was. Um, yeah. So that's how basically that was the I first time that, that I really <laughs> felt that disconnection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I was going to university, and I had to actually leave um, university, and uh, went through the same the same um, steps. I think that most of us go through when when we are diagnosed with depression. And at that time, I went to see a, a psychiatrist, and um, what really hit me was that his his name was Doctor Lament. Now, isn't that a good name for a psychiatrist? Lament. feeling really sorry and I did feel sorry for myself but you know it wasn't it wasn't to me it wasn't really help because Mm. um what happened was I was put on a whole bunch of medication right of course I was put on um antidepressants I was put on uh, some kind of calming things. Like I remember Ativan. I just remember it was just like a, a slew of of, um, of medication. And so I really didn't. I, I, what I believe is that it made the disconnection even worse mm-hmm. because I wasn't connected to myself. All of a sudden, I was you know under the influence of all these drugs. Um, but I was a strong person, so I continued living. Like I continued um, doing the best that I could. Um, if you were outside of my inner circle, uh, nobody would have known that I was suffering from depression. I just kept that um, facade of being fine. Well, a lot of Which, people, uh, just to hit on that for a moment, a lot of people think that mm-hmm. depression, because we see it on TV, you know, depression hurts, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then you can take this pill for it, and then there's half an hour side effects, you know? Um, yes. But, you know, they paint it as everybody is kind of gray and dull and, and uninteractive of life, and they don't realize there's a lot of um, people in depression that are still very productive. And I think that the yes. actual understanding of what depression is is kind of very often misunderstood. And it sounds to me that you were in that productive depression. Yes, I was. Um, I did take some time off university, but I did go back um, that summer, and I wanted to finish, so I got my degree. I went out, and I, um, you know, had uh, great jobs. I did well in uh, corporate Canada. I, you know, was continuing, but at the same time, I still had this feeling that um, you know that it was such an effort yes. everything was a huge effort and um, for me the disconnection it, was were you? you weren't connected or sorry? invested in it no and and no it, not in not in healing it wasn't it wasn't um, healing it was sort of like a band-aid yes let's put the band-aid on and continue on along your path right. 
And I remember very clearly going to the doctor and saying, you know, I just don't feel well. And their only solution was to up the med- medication. Right. <laughs> and so, yes, does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just up the medication and going, no, I don't want to do that. Um, so they really didn't have an answer for me. And um, so, you know, at one point I just decided, well, this is it. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go right through it and forget about the depression and just live my life. And I did. You know, I did. However, it wasn't a joyful life. It was, you know, that what the medication does is that it sort of keeps you you know, so you don't go very down, but you also don't go up. Right. So you lose all the joy mm-hmm. in life. And even though you can have happy periods and all that, no, you still, you don't, I, I just didn't feel that I was being me, an mm-hmm. authentic person. And um, uh, at one point I had left one of the jobs that I was doing and um, I went to take, um, you know, personality tests to see, you know, what would be the best job for me and this sort of thing through EI. And I remember so clearly taking this test and I would look at a question and my thought process was, should I answer the way I feel or should I answer the way I'm expected to answer? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, this is not right. Right. Ding dong. It's not right. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not right. Um. But I still, you know, I still went on and did everything. And, I, I you know, I, I, I actually did quite well. I went to, I lived in, uh, you know, I did well in my job. I was transferred to Toronto. Um, I came back. I was, you know, always in upper management. And, um, you know, I, if you looked at my life from the outside, you'd say that, you know, well, this is a very successful person. But I wasn't. Right. I was very, very unhappy. And it hit me um, for the second time, um, I would say, I guess it's now 17 years ago, where there that was really a debilitating um, depression. And what had happened was that I was um, um, an executive at a high-tech company, and I went to um, see a Stephen Covey workshop. Uh, You know Stephen Covey, the the Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People? Yes. And uh, and the facilitator said, what happens if you have gone up the success ladder and when you get to the top, you realize you're against the wrong building? Right. <laughs> and that was me. Yes. And I just, you know, it's sort, I just spiraled down. I went, oh, my goodness, you know, this is not the life that I am meant to live. And so I actually left the job. And this was, and my husband thought, oh my goodness, you know, Patricia, um, you're doing so well, and you know, we need the money, and this. And I said, I can't, just can't do it. And I really, really crumbled into into a, a crying mess. I was just weeping constantly, mm-hmm. and I just could not do it. So I left um, my job, and you know, in a way, I thought, well, this is going to give me the freedom to find out who I really am, and um, it did in a sense, but it wasn't an easy thing because my whole identity was with that job. Yes. What I had basically done was forgotten about me as a person. Well, had you just, ever thought of yourself as you? No, because I always thought of, you know, what other people right. thought of me. Like growing or what up, it, you were the Canadian. So your identity was in that. When you came, you didn't feel the Canadian, so then you were trying to fit in. 
by right. being you know fitting into the expectations you know going mm-hmm. to get your degree you know it was expected of you That's at, at your job everything expected of you but you and nobody else asked you what do you want to do not That's what's right. expected of you, but what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is correct. And so my journey began to find out what it was that I really wanted to do. It's very exciting at that point in life, isn't it? You know, yes, it kind of feels like you're about to take that step off, you know, the abyss uh, in, you know, fate, love and trust. Uh, but at the same time, really exciting because there's a blank canvas in front of you. And, mm-hmm. you know, what you paint on there is now entirely up to you. And it's mm-hmm. a, in that self-discovery, it can be really exciting, can't it? It can be really exciting. I had an additional um, an additional issue, and that was that uh, it was discovered that I, ha- I was born with hip dysplasia. And one of my hips had gone. And I was on a waiting list to get a hip replacement. And that can take so, quite a while. It took two and a half years yeah, um, like to that. get my first hip hip uh, replacement. So, um, you know, it wasn't only so I was yes, I was excited about you know doing finally doing what I wanted to do, and at the same time, I was under I was mm-hmm. in deep pain, physical pain. And I remember I was going to um, um, counselor at the time, and a psychotherapist, and um, and she said, well, you know, the pain is um is is because of your um emotional state and i thought that can't be i was actually born with hip dysplasia and um you know never knew until until um i had uh, the x-rays taken at that time um but and do you know what hip dysplasia is um well it sounds like it's a displacement of the hips is that true well, you know where you have the socket. Yes. Um, it goes in. It's, it's it's actually deformed. Okay. So the socket it doesn't it doesn't fit in. So it doesn't properly. rotate properly. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I never knew it. And I did ballet. You know, I was <laughs> for many years and and that sort of had thing. Had you been but, told um, when you were a child you had a hip displacement, you never would have done ballet or anything else. No, no, right. it would have been totally different. Right. And, but that's how I was born, and and didn't know it until my hip was gone. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that was that was tough to deal with at the same time. Um, so I really had to be resourceful on on how to, you know, keep myself in this world, basically. Yeah, and that's you know again back to that self discovery. I, I often wonder why kind of the universe gives us in that redirection that kind of pain, and very often I kind of look at you. You know, you're going to be giving birth to yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's it's that labor that you're going through. Sometimes that labor can be very long, um, mm-hmm. but it's like when you actually do come through and have that self-discovery of who you are and what you're really here to do, and you make that connection. It really is a hallelujah moment, isn't it? It certainly is, and uh, one of the ways that um, that I did that was uh, walking in nature. Mhm. And I when you said that, when you made that comment, Sarah, what I remember was going into the forest and um and it was springtime and I could see the buds and all the shades of green. And all of a sudden you you notice things that you had never noticed yeah. before. Yeah. And the colors are so vibrant. Mhm. 
and the sounds you can you can depict yes. the different sounds and it's just the most beautiful um you know experience and and at this place where i used to go there was um there was a creek and you could hear the water yeah. and you know that was the beginning of connection well water you is a connected. conduit right yes and so it and draws it, for you me in. it was that's what it was it was the, yeah. the beginning of connecting with myself and didn't you find that when you started doing that, you know, everybody kind of looks at what's connection? I need something profound and big and loud. And it's always those beautiful whispers and the yeah. softness and the gentleness that really is what's speaking to you. So we, we have to kind of tone ourselves down, take that breath and just be present. You know, I always say uh, mm-hmm. be present. Present. I keep wanting to go mm-hmm. present. Be president of your own life. Maybe that's yes. what I'm wanting to say. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, kind of go into life, you know, blind, deaf and dumb in order to hear, see and feel. Um, mm-hmm. Because we're seeing through expectation eyes of what we expect to see. We're not right. seeing what truly is in front of us. Yes. And what truly is in front of us is beautiful. Mm. And it's simple. Again, simple in the simple. sense that, you know, it's not this, like you say, this grandiose yeah. thing that is going to make a difference. It's the bird chirping. Right. Exactly. I mean, when you yeah. were studying, you know, to, to go into corporate, everything about corporate is pretty loud, isn't it? Bigger, yeah. grander, you know, one-upmanship, everything is, is about the volume, the expansion, you know, the productivity. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's all more thunderous. And I think when you when you go back to nature it is so gentle it can have its thunderous moments that's for sure mm-hmm. um, but it is so peaceful and so gentle and you it's kind of the reading between the lines where you really do get more information than you do if you're skimming over the top of life yes yes and um like i mentioned i, I was suffering from pain from my my hip and but there was this, this place that i kept going to and there was a beautiful maple tree at the end of um of my trail and it was the most gorgeous tree and that was my goal was to get to that beautiful tree because when i touched that tree and i hugged that tree i could feel i could feel you know the wonderful energy of of the world of nature i could feel the gift of life and um it was just so so inspirational that that no matter how much pain I was in, I would get to that tree. Right. It and, was your medicine. Um, oh, it was my medicine, mm-hmm. and I had a wonderful dog. He was a Polish sheep dog, Batsa his name was, beautiful white dog. And uh, and we went, you know, and we went and tried to go almost every day um, and, and make the walk and go there because it was, uh, it was yeah, it was my medicine for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, your dog, you know, talking about dogs that you know they are absolutely wonderful medicine and cats are rather aloof they make you work for them but dogs (laughs) can't do enough for you and they love you so unconditionally and they they know when there's something wrong they know when you need cheering up you know they're just there's just something about this and going for a walk with an animal or with a child i think Mm -hmm. is even more enlightening and more in tunement than it is just on your own Yes, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, Batsa was my, uh, he was my therapist. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> he, knew, he knew everything that was listen. going on inside of me. <laughs> exactly. They do, though, they do. Um, and, and they, you know, become very guarded over you or just all of a sudden there's more kisses and love there than, than there normally is. And 
there's also something about seeing the pure simple joy a dog gets from a walk or finding a stick um, yeah. or paddling in the creek and you cannot help but smile you cannot yeah. help but smile from the inside out and if that's not medicine I don't know what is yes yes so is the you're, you're having your hip displacement you're in kind of self-discovery of your own you know what what was that kind of you know you still obviously have got depression weaving in and out there because you know, you've walked away from a big job you're waiting to have this operation you're in pain you're trying to find out you know what am I here for the big old question you know why am I here um, mm-hmm. is it something that kind of came to you through those quiet moments those connection moments but what was it that suddenly like this is the direction I need to go in um, it was what I knew, and even when I was in corporate um, Canada, what I knew was that I I wanted to to help people. Mm-hmm. And I know that's so general, and we all say it. But I, I really felt. I mean, I was in human it. resources. It you, was, you know, sorry, excuse me. I wish more people would say it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what world we would have if we're all here to help each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I wanted. And when I left the job, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'd love to, you know, after I found ways to, to live uh, more fully, I would say, I, I wanted to go back and, and teach them, in, in, you know, in, in, in corporate Canada, and how it could be. But um, in any case, I knew that. I knew that I wanted to, to help people. And, and I also knew that it was really important for me to, um, to, connect, to connect to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, my spiritual side, which I had really abandoned um, as you know, as, as a young teenager, and um, I, I felt, but I, not necessarily religion because it wasn't religion. It yeah. was just you know, the, the, just a, a spiritual um, a understanding that mm-hmm. yeah, that there then a connection that there was something uh, bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how it started. And then I was really, since I, you know, I had been uh, taking so many medications. Now, on top of everything, I was taking pain medications. Um, I wanted to find a way to heal because I knew somewhere that that we could he- that the body was made to heal itself. Yeah, I knew somewhere that 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 came from. I don't know if I heard it or what it was. So so I made a point of of, of learning, and I, I went in and I studied about herbs. And um, I became an aromatherapist, and uh, you know all this sort of. I became a writer. I started writing, and um, you know all this stuff to help myself because I said in, in every every step of the way I thought if I can do this, I can help somebody else to do the same. But, but that's the best way, you know. The all of the shows I have on here, this is not people that uh, you know they've gone out and learned from someone else and now you know just regurgitating it everybody has had an experience that's brought them that redirection that's brought them to their right. meaningful purpose and now mm-hmm. in that meaningful purpose they're here in service to the world um, right. which is not servitude or servant but service because they love what they're doing and they love the gift that they've been given and we have to take that journey don't we in that discovery of what that mm-hmm. gift is but also to actually understand how it works because if it healed you along the way then you you've gathered those tools and that information and in your toolkit to help somebody else and you know it firsthand because you used it on yourself right that's correct 
And um, and the number one thing is that when you're in a depression or you're in a down state, you think that you're never going to get out of it. Yeah. And when when you can talk to someone that has gotten out of it, it makes a huge difference. Yes. Because there, then that little, you know, that little seed of hope can can learn can can begin to sprout. And um, you know, I would have loved that. I would have loved to have talked to someone at when I was in my darkest moments to have talked to someone that would have told me, you know, that that they had gone through the same thing, and that they came out the other side, and that there is hope. I would right. have loved that. I didn't have that. Right. So if I can be that for someone else then that makes me extremely happy. Well, we know that, you know, the old pill popping, all it does is numb people down. We know that cancer is 80% emotional disease, um, mm-hmm. 20% environment, environmental. Um, you know, we've got, to, we've got to start taking a little ownership of our surroundings. You know, life right now is in such disruption and destruction. And mm-hmm. it's causing a very negative chaos. And, you know, whether you're a, you know, a very positive person or not, you can't help but be hit, you know, by those waves. And so for people who aren't prepared for it, um, it really can knock them for six, can't it? Yes, absolutely. And I feel that now, um, you know, there's, there's so many of us, and maybe that's why we're all going through depression and, and coming out the other mm-hmm. side, <laughs> because we're needed, we're needed in the world yes. to help others to, to, do, to make the same journey, because it can be very, very scary. Uh, right now, it really can be so scary on what's happening in the world. And um, one of the things that I did was was not to listen to the news anymore. Right. And everybody kept telling me, oh, you know, that you have to know what's going on. And, and I said, yes. And I will find out because somebody will tell me. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, for me, I think I, I'd like to know. And I remember there was a news show years ago that just gave the facts. It wasn't the hype. It wasn't the fear. You know, it wasn't any of that. It just told us what happened in the world. Unfortunately, that program is no longer available. But, um, you know, we have to start what I have to, I'm saying have to, but I have to. Um, I feel that. Any change in the world comes from us. It comes from the grassroots. Amen. Totally. And um, we are the so, change we seek. Yes. And um, you know, it's no longer looking the government or looking to the boss or looking to you know somebody else to save us to tell us what to do or anything like that. It's us. Yes. We have to figure it out and we have to be out there and um, and and having the ripple effect. Right. Well, I you think know, this is uh, this is exactly what's going on in the world right now, isn't it? Is um, you know that it's reaching a peak of hysteria. Um, you, you know, you've got some very dangerous comedic politics going on in one aspect. You've got you know the uh, narcissist, uh, egocentric, you know, uh, going on in another country. Um, war being so profitable. Um, you know, and uh, just the human rights in themselves kind of seem to be you know totally ignored but at the same time it's become an invitation to humanity as a whole not as a division as a whole to come together and say no more this has got Mm -hmm. to stop and I think Mm -hmm. that's uh, that's where we're at right now isn't it and as you said it's up to us we don't like what's going on what are we going to do about it right right and what we can do about it is is take care of ourselves yes. and how we think and what we how we come up 
out into the world. And, you know, as you said with the depression, you know, it doesn't mean kind of kumbaya, la 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 land, you're ignoring everything, you know, the birds are chirping. It just means that you've developed some tools on how to stay in that positive realm and be productive and be of service to the world and not allow that uh, depression or the depressive news to take hold of you. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yes. Now, would you say your depression is gone completely or, or is just sometimes still re- revisits? Oh, um, well, I would say that it revisits. Mm-hmm. It does revisit. And, um, and, but, but what I've learned is, is how to be okay with that. Yes. Because I do, I do believe that, you know, life has ups and downs. It can't all be wonderful. Um, um, and we have to see both. We have to see the good and the bad. Right. Or the dark side. And um, what I've learned to do is to, um, is it, when it come, creeps up, when I learn to do is to give myself a break. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if I need to take time out, which is good because I, I have my own business, but if I need to take some time out and to really be, um, go back to nature or to be in the garden or to have that connection again, then, you know, to, to re, um, reconnect basically and then I'm fine so I find that um, it only gets worse when it comes up it only gets worse if I don't do that if I don't take the time and then I'm sort of taken into this you know abyss but um, if I uh, listen if I journal if I connect again then I'm fine right and it's paying attention to the triggers isn't it um you know, Very uh, much so. I, I mean, when I I get depression and I have no idea sometimes where it comes from, I get into a wave of it. I start questioning everything I'm doing in life. Um, you know, is am I having an effect? You know, for, for me, it's all been if you're not serving a purpose, you're worthless. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's you know, and it's but sometimes like, the purpose is you, right? Yes, yes, I know. But <laughs> when you're when you're in depression, though, don't you find rationale goes. It goes out the window. Everything yeah. that you've learned yes, goes out absolutely. the window. Absolutely. And that, that's the contrary thing. I am not my depression. I'm a person right. who actually lives in enrichment and abundance in, in what I do and my purpose, and I'm very proud of it. But when the depression hits, all of that can go out the window. Suddenly mm-hmm. I'm back mm-hmm. to being useless and worthless, and, you know, what am I doing here? And, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. and that's how depression gets hold of you, and it's, it's sometimes really hard to fight. And I yes. don't do the drug thing either. You know, I use actually some uh, nutrients. Um, but it's just a question, ride the wave, ride the wave, and hope that mm-hmm. it will go soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the, the uh, phrases that I use is, um, this will pass. Yes. And this I just keep, and this too will pass, yes. and I just keep repeating the, yeah. that. And, yeah. uh, you know, because it will pass, because I know it, I have experienced it. Yes. So I know it will pass. So if I just keep that that hope and going, then then it, it does pass. But as you say, hey, when you're in in the holes of of the depression, then it's you know you think, well, what I, what is it that I'm doing? Yeah. What am I doing? And of course, you know, people and for look me, at you. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's the same. And of course, for me, I, what I was going to say is that I still have the pain. So, um, you know, the story continues. I had one hip replacement, then five years later, my other hip went. So I had um, the other hip. And I find that when I'm in pain, um, that's when I'm more, more vulnerable right. to um, to going into a depression. 
And of course, people see you on the other side. They see you as successful and positive and healing and, you know, and helping other people. And so I think what people can't get into their minds is that you can be that person. 100% authentically, that's you. But you are also that yeah. person when depression comes. And they go, but how can you be depressed mm -hmm. and be, you know, successful in this? And they don't realize it's got nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with you. I mean, that that is my experience. And, now, you know, I know it's your experience. And um, and and the other thing is that I, I learned, uh, I, you know, I, I wanted to do this show on depression, and this is actually the first time that I've really talked about it uh, openly um, to a large audience um, because um, I don't like to be under a label. Exactly. You know, the, the labels, you know, it, it just doesn't help us. No. <laughs> it no. doesn't help us at all. But, but Maybe, you know, it's not depression. Maybe it's just life. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just your, call it sadness over life instead of depression. But um, but again, you know, going back to the point made just now is that they'll see you as successful, you know, and achieving great things in your business and helping people. And they just cannot equate you could be the other person. And once they see that other person, they find it very hard to then go back to the other because people are mm. seen to be more drawn to your misery than they are to your success. And I would say that's because maybe they identify right. a little bit with that. They yeah. see that in themselves. Yeah. So maybe, you know, we're meant to kind of go into it now and again to show people, you know, I too can be vulnerable. I too have these issues. And I have to nurture them and love myself when I'm in there. But they're not defined by it. Um, it's just my challenge in life. And once I go through it, I am back into my realm. You too can be. So maybe that's sometimes the right. reason why we are that poster board, right? Mm -hmm. That is right. No, I totally agree with you. And and um, and I also believe that we go through it to be to be in service to yes. others. Yeah. To be to be the example. Yeah. You know, I'd like different examples yeah. here. Thank you. <laughs> but this is the one that's being cast, right? And, and, and you know, as I said, I, I, you know, my first radio um, show when I was with Another Network came through depression. Um, mm. You know, I was in a depressed mood uh, and kind of really feeling at a crossroads in life, rather, rather despairingly, actually. And I knew I had to be proactive, and I got on Facebook and I wrote a, an, an article and I was addressing people's problems. And and my uh, old producer saw this and saw my site and said, "I think you should have your own radio show." And, mm. uh, you know, I didn't have the money for it. The first show I did was catastrophic because it was live. I pressed all the wrong buttons. Mm. Yet, you know, here oh, I am dear. five, five um, you know, five years later and nearly a thousand shows under my belt. You know, yeah. it, it, you know, I found my meaningful purpose. But I didn't start off that way. I never thought doing this little radio show would lead to my own radio network with 1,800 collective shows here of such wisdom and courage and strength of people like yourself. I didn't know that. So sometimes mm -hmm. we just have got to walk the walk, and yes. its reason will reveal, right? Yes, yes. And I want to thank you, Sarah, for for having me on the show. Um, there was a, uh, um, I was actually, um, I offered to be on a, a different show years ago, and um, the person asked me, the host asked me, well, what would you like to talk about? And I said, well, I want to talk about depression, and she she. He refused me because she said, oh, no, you know, there's many of those shows. 
uh, and, and, all the more um, reason and I, to do them if you want to provide the solution. I know, and I thought, okay, well, I guess it wasn't the right time, and maybe it wasn't the right time for me to speak about it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, but I thought that was interesting. But we have to talk about yes. things. I mean, that is so important. I think it's and and for people to know. I mean, what we see on TV and what we yes. see at the movies, that's not necessarily the way it is. You know, well, the way life is. Such a stigma on people, isn't it? <clears throat> I mean, me. like, you know, right now, Katy Perry has revealed herself of that she's tired of being Katy Perry, you know, because mm-hmm. she's, you know, um, painted as something and, uh, you know, who am I? You know, I've become this name, but who am I inside? I'm getting lost. And, right. you know, a lot of people think, but you've got fame, you've got money, you've got glory. And people don't realize that that is what you've got, but that's not who you are. And if you exactly. lose yourself along the way um, for the things you've got, that's when you start becoming empty. Your, your biggest and most precious commodity is yourself. That's right. So how do people... That is absolutely right, yes. How do people go through? How do I mean, first and foremost, people have got to have that that moment don't they when they realize you know i'm living a life i'm living mm-hmm. a life of expectation you know i'm not attached to my life etc they've woken up to that realization what would you say should be the first thing that they do uh, well you know the first answer that comes to mind is to be thankful mm-hmm. yes <laughs> amen of course that's probably not what's going to happen i mean <laughs> we can say that now that we you know we're on the other side but um it is because I think everybody comes to that, and and some some people say that it comes in you know your early forties that, um, or you know the the late thirties that that you start questioning things, um, but I think it comes for everybody. It makes sense. I mean, you were brought up a certain way, you have these belief systems and all that, and you either have the choice of continuing with those belief systems and your life and what's expected of you, or the other way, you know, to find out who you really are and why you're here. So I think it happens to everybody. But up till this time, I, this is the first time in, in, I believe in society that we have the opportunity to find out who we are. In in the past, um, you know, it, there there was no chance. I mean, men had to act a certain way. Women had to act a certain way. It was what was, um, you know, told by society that you had to do. You had to go into a job and be in the same job, and you know, your whole life, and then get the, you know, golden watch at the end. I mean, everything was sort of, you were told what to do, and, and many people didn't question right. um, coming out of that, you know, or, or wondering, and maybe that, you know, they became alcoholics or, or whatever, you know, they got into something numbing yes. so that they could continue in that lifestyle. But um, I think now, um, you know, it, it's different, and now um, people do question, and, and question, I mean, the kids are, they, they don't actually, um, you know, necessarily always listen to their parents and you know they <laughs> really? have their own ideas very young <laughs> very young yeah we go from being everything to who the hell do you think you are <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think all of us um go through that at one one mm. time or another and you know we're at a crossroads and we decide you know do do we want to um you know find out who we really are or should we just continue in this life well, also we're looking at this generation, the old generation, um, the yuppies. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it yuppies? Or the, what do they call them, as anybody over 50? Um, um, we are, oh dear. Yes, it will come to us, both of us. This is what it means being over 50. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
the mental pause. <laughs> <laughs> yes, certain things go by the wayside. But baby are, boomers. Ba- thank you, thank you. There are more baby boomers today um, that came out of you know the the Second World War um, mm-hmm. than ever in history. Also, 70 is the new 50. There are more yes. people working, uh, entrepreneurs starting businesses, um, redirecting their lives at 50 plus, 60, yes. even 70. Um, you know, it used to be 50, you started winding down, and it was the rocking chair for you, mate. And, you know, mm-hmm. and now it's like, oh, you know, I've had my corporate career, I want to do something else. I want to be yeah, true to me now. That's exactly what's happening to me, Sarah, and we'll talk about it on the third show, but it's basically I'm starting all over again right. at age 59. I'm 59. I'm going to be 60 this year and um, and starting all over again. Right, and and it's not as daunting, is it? I mean, you know, I started this radio thing uh, at 57. I'm 62 mm-hmm. now, and it's like, well, you know, it's something I can do, hopefully, you know, for the next 30 years until I'm too deaf yeah. and dumb to, to, to be heard anymore. But, you know, the whole point is, is that we're not dead until we're dead. And that means we can still be in the productivity of life. Get yeah. out there and live. It's not like, oh, now this decade you must now curl up and die. It is now, ah, permission has come now. You can be yeah. anything you want to be. So what do you want to be? And go and do right. it. Right. Yes, and we can go and do it. Yes. You know, we may not be able to be that ballerina we once wanted to be, <laughs> but we find something else that's just as passionate, right? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And I also think that people of our, our um, baby boomer age put more conviction and more passion into it and more willingness to be vulnerable. And uh, I think so. I think it's almost going into living from the heart. Yes. Isn't totally. it? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that's where, yeah. you know, when the younger people realize that not only have we been through it, um, but we aren't waiting for you to grow up and give us the answers. We're seeking the answers ourselves. And when mm-hmm. you want uh, some shared wisdom, we're here for you. Right. Right. Because, you know, the elders used to be kind of, especially in the Western society, very dismissive after a certain age. Yeah, and I think that is changing, Sarah. Yeah. I really do. And um, I still continue to learn because I feel that, um, you know, I, you should study your whole life. I think I, I, think I should yes. study my whole life. And uh, I'm currently in a, in a course with young, much younger people in their 30s. And, you know, I'm sort of considered the wise, mm-hmm. the wise woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very happy with that title. Thank right. you very much. Yes, yes. You know, I, you know I, I call my archive shows The Orchard of Wisdom. You know, come yeah. and pick from the Orchard of Wisdom. You cannot beat somebody's life experience. No. Especially when they have redirected and embraced themselves and all the beauty and the love and the, the gifts that they've got to share with the world. How can right. you replace that? You yeah. know, it's it's not a downloadable app. And, and anybody says, well, I want my information in two seconds or I'm bored. Well, I'm certainly not addressing you. You know, these mm-hmm. shows with all this wisdom and all this knowledge and all this inspiration is if you're willing to take the time to listen. Because if you're willing right. to take the time to listen, you're now willing to take the time to invest in yourself. Because mm-hmm. there isn't any quick fix, is there? It is a process you've got to be willing to go through. And we all go through it. Yeah. There's no avoiding we it. We all go through it. I don't care yeah, how rich is. or poor you are, but you've all got to go through it, right? Can't buy a way yeah. through it fa- any faster. Um, 
But when you step into that meaningful purpose, when you step into doing something where you can see the results, when you know you're helping people, when your own life is more harmonious and, and uh, you know, more purposeful, there is an inner joy there that mm-hmm. is just so, it's like hugging your tree, right? Yes. Except for you have now become the tree. Yes. Yes. And um, there's nothing better. There's mm. nothing better because, you know, joy, I think, is, is, is our goal. Yes. <laughs> to be happy, to be joyful, and to, you know, to see, like, to, to be grateful for all the things that you have experienced, both, you know, the positive and the negative, but to be grateful for that. And, and what I have experienced in the past six months is, is a deep, deep work of forgiveness. And that has been wonderful. I mean, I, I'm sure you're aware of whole Ho'oponopono prayer of forgiveness. Um, maybe I know of it to something else. but Okay, it's a very simple one. It's, it's a very simple one. It's, um, it's called the Hawaiian Prayer of Forgiveness. And it's just uh, four simple um, statements that you make. And um, I, I will, and they are, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And I just have incorporated that into my life and mm. at all times. And I, I repeat this prayer, and it's just amazing, amazing what it does for you. It just totally, or what it did for me, it just totally opened everything. So, so it's okay. There is no resentment. There is no anger. All of that, you let it go. Yeah. And it's wonderful. I mean, that is joy. That is happiness. Yes. Uh, you know, my my code of contact I live in life is the four agreements. Mm, um, you mm-hmm. know, speak your word with integrity. Do not assume. Ask. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, I always forget them when it, when I'm called to call on them, right? You know, I live by them all the time, but when I'm called to call on them, that's when the moment you forget. So I'm going to see. I think I, one of them is um, is not about it's not about you, or is it? No, don't take anything personally. Oh, don't take anything yeah. personally. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's a huge one because somebody else is imposing on you how they feel. Don't take it personally. That attack wasn't to you. That attack mm-hmm. was their own discontent. Yes. And uh, you know the other one is always do your best, which I think is it, the best isn't measured by somebody else. The best is no. measured by you. Right. It is. It's by what you know. Do you know that you've given it your all today? Have you honored yourself today? Or was a day honoring yourself by doing nothing? And that's all you're meant to do today. And that's fine. Yes. That's fine. Yes. And that actually, I think, is a hard one for some people. Simply. Well, it's for workaholics. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily a workaholic, but I find it very hard to kind of walk away and not do something every day. I'm generally working seven days a week, and I have to make sure that I take some time to go and do something because mm-hmm. otherwise I could be here at this mm-hmm. computer very easily. Um, and, you you know, you forget sometimes to, hey, that's all very well. I'm nurturing this, but if I don't go replenish myself, I'm going to be running on empty. And, right. uh, you know, you can love what you do, but you still got to go and take time for you, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, because you can't help that anybody else right. if you run out of air. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, the old saying about the, the, um, the mask, the yeah. oxygen mask. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's very true. It's very, very true. You have to take care of it. And that's what I learned. I mean, I learned that I, I, I needed to take that time for myself. And and it's not that, you know, it's days or anything like that. It could just be a few minutes. But yeah. make that connection again. Make And for me, it's nature. Make that connection. Yes. Or with a dog or yeah. 
whatever it is, and or even with my mom. You know, my mom is actually going to be uh, 98 in in wow. October, and she's she's in great shape. And, um, you know, sometimes I think, oh, you know, I really should get this last thing done here. But then I have the choice of spending a little bit of time with my mom, and I choose my mom. Yes. Because, you know, that that's more important. <laughs> and and at that age for a time, you know, my mine passed at 95, and unfortunately she mm-hmm. lived in England and I'm here in Canada. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, you can't get that back. You nope. can always catch up with work. You can take time off and always come back to it, but you can't catch up with them once they're gone, you know, mm-hmm. on a different plane, on a different vibration, but not that interaction that you have physically. And so those are precious moments. And, you know, most people wait until those moments are gone before they realize how precious they would have been. Right. Yeah. No, I've made a point of of spending that time because I, I feel what's well, what I want to do. If I really listen to my heart, that's what yeah. I want to do. That's another huge so thing, listening it. to your heart. You know, again, uh, our heads go, but you should do this. You have got mm-hmm. to do that. And that's kind of your work ethic or those expectations of what you've got to do. And your heart is saying, no, no, you've got to go and do this. And if we listen to our heart and go and do what it wants us to do, we always find there's some lesson in it, isn't there? There's some reason for yes. it. Yes. Yes. And and listening is, is I just put up on Facebook um, something that the Dalai Lama said, and, and it was, you know, when you're speaking, um, you are regurgitating something that you've learned already. But when if you give yourself the time to listen, you might learn something new. Exactly. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, most certainly. Most certainly. Um, it, again, it's kind of listening between the lines or reading between the lines. Is mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, you know, for me, trees breeze and see. You know, is yeah. is what I love. And when you have those rustles of the leaves, there was one oh. little place I used to go and walk down with my dog, and the trees would be busy, busy rustling. And I one day walked down there, and they were rustling really loud. I said, "Turn the volume down, guys!" And all of a sudden, the trees just stopped. Just to stop wrestling as if to say sorry but you know they I can feel them and the thing when we actually understand that the trees have this matrix underneath this energetic matrix that supports one another we've got to look to nature to actually understand ourselves don't we because we have that matrix absolutely and that was one of the big lessons that I that I learned from nature and um, that was about the seasons, yeah. um, because for me, um, winter is really a time to be quiet and mm-hmm. a time of um, a reflection and to be inside and, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and I always felt bad because, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, January, you're supposed to start everything new <laughs> and, you know, make it. And, and I never did that. Right. You said it was in January, right. I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the spring. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you find out that, na- that that's exactly what nature does. Yes. You know, it, it, it sleeps. Yes. Right? It's, it's at, 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 in the wintertime. And then all of a sudden, you know, a branch that you think you know, is dead in the springtime, all of a sudden you see that bud coming out. Yeah. And you realize that, that it's alive. And, um, and so, you know, for me, it was just like such, it was like permission to, to live the way that I felt I needed to for myself. And that was to be, you know, quieter in the winter and to start projects in the spring. And I think if if you look at the logics of that, you know, like, um, you know, I'm going to say my year starts in September. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, April has always been a big year for me. So March kind of, you know, seeding, April really kind of watering, and then you start seeing May and June, some growth, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you see that abundance go through the summer, and then, you know, the the harvest starts petering off, and then September another good time to reintroduce something else new, and you can really go up until kind of, mid to end of November and then basically from the beginning of December to February, March everything that you um, have done should be there obtainable for those that need it but not anything new Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. And then the, re- the renew comes back again, kind of where you get that excitement in February and March where you reseed new ideas. But right. it's very important, I think, that we take that time. And it's not, there are signs to when you should start something and when you shouldn't. And we mm-hmm. really should pay attention to those signs because we keep going against the grain and then we wonder why there's a problem. Right. That is exactly right. So it's the flow. It's the flow of nature. It's the flow mm. of our lives. Yeah. And, and after and we all, we are part of nature. Right. And we all have our own unique flow, don't we? Because we all have our yes. own unique energy signature. And if you tune into that and understand what that is, you know, what is your rhythm in life? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know when you can turn the volume up on your rhythm? You know, when it can become the cha-cha or when it's just meant to be kind of, you know, the soft ballet. Um, and understanding and honoring your rhythm will always keep you in alignment in life but if you go and try and suddenly you know be doing tangos when you're not designed for it you're going to trip over and fall and be on your ass (laughs) 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 so it's paying attention to that isn't it it is it is it's all about paying attention yeah and and attention to the small things it's not the big neon signs it's those little signs that you see in everyday life all around you. Yes, yes. And for me, um, I I find that whenever I'm looking for answers outside of myself, it's the clue to look inside. Yes. Yes, and sometimes we don't, you know, very often I will say we have the answers before you know what the question is. Yes. Right? Because sometimes you're hearing somebody's story and, you know, and through that inspiration you suddenly realize... Oh my God, that's how I feel. I didn't know that. So the question mm-hmm. is, is you know, it's now time for you to, to really speak to yourself and ask yourself, you know, right. who are you truly? What are you really here? Are you living in your authenticity? Are you living that societal's lie? Which don't put any blame in yourself. There's no blame here. It's no. just a question. Start honoring yourself, right? Yes. Yes, and isn't it funny when, when we need something or we feel, I, I, this happens to me all the time when I think, you know, I, maybe I should um, think about such and such. And then the next thing I know, you know, there's an announcement or there's an email that I get that is somebody else talking about mm-hmm. what you were considering. And, you know, it just comes, it comes to you, like all this information yes. that you need, you know, if, you, if you're willing to listen and to, to be aware um, all the answers come to you. I think it's just fabulous. Yeah. Well, it's kind of been on the same wavelength as people. And right. then, you know, you put that idea out there and the wavelength attaches it and all of a sudden that synergy, you know, it's like, oh, I've got a great orchestral piece here. I'm a conductor. I'm looking for the musicians. And all of a sudden the musicians come everywhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that is correct. And it's the vibration yeah. that you're putting out there. That's the invitation that you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. So our thoughts are just as powerful as our speech and our actions, isn't it? 
Yes, very much so. So this is something when you are in depression, and of course your thoughts want to go to the dark side Mm -hmm. and, you know, and start kind of being negative. And you know that this isn't you. You know that you are that person, but this is just something you're going through. Mm -hmm. What would be the advice that you would say to people in that that inevitable dialogue that's going to come up? Well, for me, uh, recently is actually that prayer, is Mm. repeating the prayer. And um, so I, I I have been doing that, and and you know it's it's something that I heard about years ago, and I never it never made any sense to me to say those words, and then all of a sudden now it's what makes sense, and so that I do. So I would say you know for me it was that it can it can be something totally different with somebody else, but um, one of the things that I found um, was really good is for me to when when I'm going through the good times when I. Um, really appreciate something when I when I realize something is to remember that to mm-hmm. remember that really really clearly like walking in the forest or listening to the water and and then in the times when I feel those thoughts you know that are are so negative and you know are wanting to bring me down is to experience and remember those wonderful times again yes so I have what is called my special place. And my special place is is, um, is by the, by the water and listening to the ocean and listening to the waves coming in and seeing the sun and the sand and um, the beauty of all of that and and that's what I remember. So I I, I have now um, you know been able to um, to make myself go there. So when the depression starts, then I close my eyes and go to my special place. Right. And it might take more than one or two tries, maybe even more than that, but I find that I can can stop. Mm-hmm. I can stop the thoughts. Right. And for me, music. Oh, you know, music I, is I, beautiful. Yeah. I just, you know, again on YouTube, I have a music channel here for the love of music. So, you know, maybe I listen to some people I've interviewed, um, you know, and I love, it's a guilty pleasure to, to interview musicians just because, you know, like musicians, when you talk about authenticity, they can't mm-hmm. help but what they do. You know, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're playing from the heart and the love and the passion all the time, you know, and mm-hmm. it's the, there's something about that honesty when you listen to that music that really kind of jump starts your heart and your soul again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lifts you right up. Uh, so, you know, for me, music is most certainly that thing. That yes, and, and I love music too. And I love the spa channel. I don't know if you know the spa channel <laughs> on TV. And everybody says, oh my goodness, that's like elevator music. But to me, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful soothing. music. Yeah. Yeah, soothing and, and it's just wonderful. Yeah. 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 So you learn to do, you know, things like that, and and um, and you have them. You know that you have those tools at your your fingertips, and and you can use them. And sometimes they work wonderfully, and sometimes it takes longer. That's okay. I still know that this too will pass. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the point. This too will pass. I know when I get caught up in it. Sometimes it can go on for days, and it can really hold of me. And you know, mm-hmm. I also find at that time writing is good. You know, write it out, write your sorrow out, write your pain out. And then as you do that, the other side of you will kick in and go, okay, that may be the problem, but this is the solution. And you're kind Mm -hmm. of being your own, you know, tutor, healer, mentor in bringing yourself back. Yes, and 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 journaling is 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 fabulous. And once you take it out, when you're when you're journaling, you take all that and put it on a piece of paper, 
and um, so it comes out of your 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 system. Yes, and I think that really helps just to have it there. And if you continue writing, if you just continue writing whatever comes to you, then eventually the answers come to you, yes. which is amazing. And it's you know, it's happens. not writing uh, constructively; it's just pouring it out. Pouring it out. Pouring right. it out because you know this isn't forget about grammar or anything else. This is just your inner self going down on paper, and you can right. look at it after and read it as it, it as it as it's written. Um, mm-hmm. And if you do want to turn it into a blog or anything else, then yes, you can correct it afterwards. But this is your insights speaking mm-hmm. out, um, and so uh, listen to what you've written, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's that's you. That's the, the inner you. Yeah, exactly. And we really need to tune more into our inner you. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, our next show is going to be telling your story. Um, which, you know, give us a little bit about um, the topic that we're going to be talking about there. Yeah, so the next time I'd, I'd like to talk about um, how my, my, my business partner and I started um, what is called Heart, Mind, Wisdom, and it's an anthology. And um, we've uh, published three books. And um, it's about how we came about to doing this and then about uh, the stories and and the experience of the authors telling their stories, mm-hmm. which is huge, yes. and the difference that it has made in 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 their lives and in our lives, and um, and how you know how everybody does have a story, and it should be heard. You know, mm-hmm. it should be written down, and 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 we should we can always learn from what other people have gone through. That is the best way to learn, the best way to learn, because then we realize, you know, that we've all got the courage, we've all got the strength, all we're looking for is the how. And when you mm-hmm. listen to how other people have done it, you know, that sparks with me, oh, I can do that, um, or oh, that makes sense, or I can reach out to that person because they understand what I'm going through. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the whole reason Well, you know, you're doing that and I'm doing this is because we mm-hmm. know these stories matter, which is really, really important. So that show is going to be coming up soon, folks. We'll pay attention to um, uh, the, link, the blog here and uh, we'll give you a date of when that's coming up. And uh, then after that, we'll, we'll be you know, f- um, fulfilling your dream, uh, yeah. which is also very, very important because, uh, yes, it is okay for you to dream. Dream big. Dream massive. Um, the reality of your dream will come into play, whether it's one step in front of the time or a uh, leap. If you don't have a dream, what the hell are you doing here? You need mm-hmm. a dream because that is something you're pursuing. Whether it comes out exactly as you dreamt it or as it comes out as it's meant to be, you still need that dream. Yes. So now, for the end of this show, would you please tell us how um, to get hold of you? And I know that you have something uh, that you want people to listen to right now. So, um, um, Yes, it's actually a, a talk that I gave at CSL, which is a center for um, spiritual living, and um, it's called I See You. And um, it does talk about a few of the things that we talked about today. And um, it's just, I think it's about... 10 minutes or maybe 15 minutes and it's a talk that I gave and I, I think that it would be a nice thing for people to listen to and uh, so you can get that at um, at uh, www.heartmindeffect.com and if you go under purpose you will find um, the the place there at the, at the bottom of the page that says I see you and you can listen to the talk 
great. And you have a few other links here as well? Um, yes, mostly through um, heartmindeffect.com. It's, it's a large, it's a large um, website. It's got tons of information. And, um, and if you are interested in any of the books, but we'll talk about that next time. They're at theheartmindstore.com. And then my new one, my new um, one for the dream is called La Pasul, and I'll tell you all about that on the third show, and it's currently under construction. So the, the main one is to go to heartmindeffect.com. Wonderful. Well, this has been great having you here, and thank you for, for being you know so honest and so vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's how we give permission to other people, that it's okay, and that yes. you too can can overcome this and you too can learn to live with it and uh, and that's what's really really important so thank you so much for being with us today and uh, t- look out for telling your story folks it's going to be coming up soon and uh, and then following your dream and her dream is Costa Rica so that's going to yeah. be a good one so and uh, thank you thank you Sarah for having me on oh well, my it's pleasure my pleasure it's, it's it's all about sharing again through inspiration becomes invitation knowing somebody else has gone through this and this is how they overcame it this is what they're doing this is exactly why i do what i'm doing uh, because we learn best from people that have gone through it um and uh, that's the greatest gift so thank you so much uh, patricia for being with us here today thank you and to everyone else remember there is always an answer you've just got to be willing to be still enough to listen and i promise you when you are and you're ready The answer will be ready for you. Until next time, folks, bye for now.